Hey there, listeners. It's Brian with a quick announcement before the show. Uh, Ashvin and I were fortunate enough to be guests on the hilarious podcast Lights, Camera, No. That was on Friday, January 10th. We guested on their episode on Final Destination. So you should go check out that episode and check out their podcast in general. It's really funny. Uh, three great hosts, Lauren, Eric, and Whitney. And Whitney, we are friends with through our Discord server. So another plug for our Discord server, a place where you can make friends. Uh, and that's it. You can find our Discord server at horrormovieclub.com and click on social links and discords there. Um, but yeah, go look for Lights, Camera, No, wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can find that episode on Final Destination and a lot of other great episodes from Lights, Camera, No. And then when you're done, give them a rating and review on whatever app you listen on. Okay, guys, enjoy the show. Hey there listeners, welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who aren't quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Ashvin, I've got my friend Brian on the phone, and on today's episode we're going to be discussing the 2019 film Haunt, written and directed by Scott Beck and Brian Woods, and starring Katie Stevens, Will Burton, and Lauren McLean. And this is the story of a group of friends who go to a haunted house with disastrous results. Uh, Brian, was this one on your radar at all? It definitely was, yeah. I'd seen seen the Twitter people tweet about it. Yeah, it's it's weird because it was like a limited release. Uh, but yeah, I feel like it did build kind of a following and it's got a decent, I think 70% or something on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah, and it's on Shudder. So Shudder has a very curated selection. So anything that comes out there is kind of on my radar. I need to get Shudder, man. Uh, you're just like permanently subscribed to it? Yeah, yeah. I think it was like 50 to 60 bucks for the whole year. No, oh, that's not bad. Yeah, I want to share mine with you, but we watched the same movies at the same time, and I feel like maybe it might get confusing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I should definitely get that, and, and yeah, maybe that has to do with like the buzz that this movie has, because hey, other people I know who've talked about this also saw it through Shudder, so that must be making quite an impact. Yeah, yeah, I think Shudder's affecting the culture, for sure, the horror yeah. movie culture and, and the fandom. And you have like a lot of classics on there, too. Yeah, yeah, okay. for sure. And it feels, I mean, I'm sure any streaming service is a victim to what they can get the rights to, but it feels more curated than just a Netflix horror section. Yeah, random stuff in there. Sure. Yeah, yep. And they know how to organize it in the way that means something to a horror fan. Oh, that's really cool. I wonder if yeah. we're going to see other services like that are genre-specific pop up. Because um, I can't think of another one. Like, there's like a, well, I guess there's the uh, Channel Comedy Central but uh, streaming service-wise, are there other genre-specific ones? Boy, I don't know. I want to say sci-fi might have one, but... Yeah. Boy, I don't know. I mean, Disney Plus, they own so much that it's hard to say that's like a family service, but... Yeah, I you know. know. If you've got kids, that's a tempting one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so this is another Haunted House film, which, uh, you know, I think a few weeks uh, ago, either before this or the few weeks before... We saw another haunted house film. Uh, would you consider House of a Thousand Corpses a haunted house film? Uh, not in the same sense, but it basically has that vibe, you know. And he got the inspiration from a haunted house he was designing for Universal. So, yeah, maybe that that one's more of like a literal connection. 
Yeah, yep. And and kind of has that maybe a spiritual connection. But yeah, there are a lot of other movies in this like specific subgenre, like Escape Room from earlier this year. Oh, that looks terrible. I never saw, but it's it's kind of already fallen out of my memory. Yeah, yeah. I remember um, seeing a preview for that. The Fun House, which is a movie I'd like to cover in 2020. That's a Toby Hooper joint from the 80s. Oh, I cool. Okay. And then there's one called Hell Night I've seen some buzz about. But yeah, this is definitely its own little tiny subgenre. Yeah, yeah. Haunted House movies. It's, it's interesting because uh, I feel like so many movies uh, try to avoid just being a haunted house film because on the surface it seems pretty superficial. But it's interesting what you can do with that, like just using a setting, I guess. Right, because like, and we're talking about not just like creepy haunted house, like a conjuring type story, but like a literal haunted attraction, like somewhere yeah. you go on your friend with your friends and walk through the dark tunnels and people pop out and scare you. Yeah, also there are known, a lot of different ways to go with it. I feel like you also described like the Chicago subway system, dark, <laughs> dark tunnels where people pop out at you. <laughs> it's basically a haunted house with way more urine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, didn't your haunted house growing up, uh, didn't you guys make a haunted house that had like a urine-covered sleeping bag? <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, for more on that, check out our, uh, was that the Halloween episode? I think that was the Halloween uh, listener episode. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but yeah, very very niche genre, a few movies in there. Um and I think this one's specifically about uh, an extreme haunted house, which is a category of haunted houses where people can really mess you up. Um, I've never seen these actually exist, but I guess they do. I think they do. It's hard to separate like rumor and folklore from what the reality is, reality is of these places. I know. I know. Like, yeah, is that like just like some kind of backwater thing that we hear about, or are there actually ones out there? And wouldn't that be illegal? I think there really are ones where people like kidnap you, take you there, and like there was ones that are kind of like a real haunted house, and then there are other ones I think where people are just like screaming at you and torturing you. Oh my god, that's crazy! It seems pretty messed up, but again, it, it's hard to say what's what of that is real. If if that is real, would you ever go to one of those? No, never. Okay. I love going through haunted attractions, but nobody. I would like no one to touch me, please. Yeah, I kind of feel you. I, you know, the one thing with uh, haunted houses, it, it all kind of feels like you're not going to get hurt, so the scare isn't there. So that part is appealing. But yeah, I, I don't want someone like messing up my hair or something. Uh, so, <laughs> so maybe, maybe there's like a middle ground. Or something terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the two writers and directors here, uh, Brian Woods and Scott Peck, they did uh, a Quiet Place, which kind of surprised me. Did that surprise you at all? Yeah, they wrote A Quiet Place specifically. Um, right. It was surprising because the writing is not similar. Yeah, it's almost like a way different film. I will say, you know, I liked the dialogue in this movie, but the story just was not there. Like, yeah. it wasn't A Quiet Place. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, the story wasn't there. You, you didn't have, like, that whole, like, family dynamic, which is central to A Quiet Place. Um, yeah, it's it, it just surprising that these are coming from the same people. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean all you got in terms of story was a little bit of a forced backstory with the main character, but Yeah. Yeah, I felt like that was a little yeah, forced. And I mean too. it's a different kind of movie, but I still would have liked a little bit more story here. Right. Yeah, and and reading uh, up on it like some interviews that those guys gave, I think they wrote these at the same time actually and uh they saw like a quiet place as an elevated horror film, which I guess elevated horror is a genre, and then this was more of like as a fun kind of slasher haunted house one, so Maybe this was yeah. like, yeah, their release or something. 
Yeah. And I, I know I'm a uh, kicking a dead horse here, but just you can put a story in a slasher movie. I don't think they need <laughs> to be vapid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, those things aren't like mutually exclusive, but uh, yeah, it's interesting. I I feel like the Friday the Thirteenth franchise feels otherwise. But yeah, who knows? Yeah. Uh, the, in terms of the cast, I, I feel like they're all pretty low key. I think Katie Stevens is actually like an American Idol uh, contestant. Lauren McLean oh, really? is yeah, and then Lauren McLean, um, who plays her best friend, is from an R and B pop band called the McLeans. Interesting. Yeah, pretty random cast. Oh, you did you did some digging on these people. Yeah, there wasn't much to dig. It was, it was really weird. And then uh, Eli Roth was a producer, and I think he put a lot of pressure on the writer and director here to uh, build out characters more, which, as as you can tell, we both aren't really thrilled with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was effort, but not success, in my opinion. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and then lastly, you know, it's only made about 1.8 million to date and considering, you know, limited release and going to shutter at, I don't know how that compares to the budget. I did, were you able to find anything? No, there's not much information out there on this movie. So yeah, 1.8 was the box office. So we don't know what they made from the, the distribution deals with shutter or right. any other distribution channels. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Any- I, I wish we were privy to all that information. I I know, I know. Uh, yeah, because I, well, you know, the, I, I thought someone called it low budget, even though I'm not sure if it entirely felt like a very low budget or anything. But Yeah, I mean, it's all one setting. It, the stuff that you think costs a lot of money in movies may not cost quite as much as some of the other stuff you don't even think about. Like, yeah. these are all no-name actors, pretty much. I guess, yeah. Um, it largely takes place in one setting. I mean... Some of the like production design and stuff was pretty well done, and mm-hmm. I'm sure cost some money. But compared to big name actors or even big name directors, because these guys, I'm sure at the time this was being made or was in deals, these guys weren't big names. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Probably on the lower budget side compared to other horror films, and uh, and you're right. Like not a lot of effects or anything that would have uh, been crazy or anything. Yeah, even the effects were. Pretty minimal, but yeah. man, these uh, the masks, yeah, were incredible. Yeah, I thought those kind of carried the film. They're really yeah. striking. Yeah, I think the design and the visuals are are the strong strong point of this film. Boy, we're just jumping right into the review <laughs> of this thing. I know, I know. Yeah, I, I agree. With that I think they they did a really good job, and and that's like even what's on the cover of the movie is is like a mask or something. And right, that's uh, that's what you need in a haunted house film. Yeah, they should have just called this Cool Masks for a while. <laughs> An hour and a half of Cool Masks. A horror film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, great. Um, any other background before we jump into the plot? Uh, the only other thing is a lame, slightly repetitive Ohio connection. I know I've talked about Covington, Kentucky in the past on a recent show, but it's right across the river from Cincinnati. It sits on the Ohio River, and I think it's considered part of the like greater Cincinnati area, and that is where this movie was filmed oh cool that's weird because it takes place uh according to the movie in like carbondale illinois which is like way south illinois i wonder why they they didn't just shoot it there it seems random um i don't know i mean who knows what happened what causes a movie to uh be shot where it is but yeah the uh cincinnati inquirer credited uh tax incentives oh sure (laughs) yeah that always helps yeah all right cool 
Uh, well, then let's uh, talk about the plot in our review of Haunt. Uh, but before we do that, I think I heard the microwave go off, so I'm, I'm just going to go check it really quick, and I'll be right back. Okay, sounds good. All right. All right, hey man, I'm back. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I, I just uh, I forgot to put my phone in there a while ago to to microwave on high for like a minute, um, but it <laughs> looks looks like it's done and the damage is complete. Uh, I, th- I thought that was yeah. a random way to destroy a bunch of cell phones is microwaving them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they like bought that microwave for that purpose. <laughs> yeah. It's like no, no, dude, don't put your burrito in there. That's the cell phone microwave. Yeah, we're saving that for the cell phones. <laughs> you want cancer, bro? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you're new to the show, we're about to spoil everything, too, in case we didn't give that heads up. Right, yes. Plot, spoilers, review. Spoiled like a cell phone microwave burrito. Oh, man. That's, that's going to have a weird taste. All right. <laughs> so uh, the movie, plot-wise, it's pretty straightforward, just like a haunted house movie. Uh, it opens up by introducing us to a group of college kids, I guess uh, adults, uh, they're out on the town celebrating Halloween. The, our main character is this woman named Harper, and there's this kind of uh, you know background story about her where uh, she's she ha- she's in an abusive relationship. Um, it's kind of like oddly mentioned, and there's like text messages going on, and she's putting some makeup over a bruise on the eye. Uh, it feels a little bit out of place. Uh, d- that Very, tr- yeah, yeah, out of place, clunky, poorly executed, <laughs> never quite resolved in a satisfying way yeah and and throughout the movie like they'll try to do things like this mostly with harper try to give her background but it feels mostly random and not really to what to well tied i guess yeah uh so she has like we'll get to it but she has like such a corny line later when she's like giving her backstory oh okay oh okay i think i know what you're talking about but let me know when that comes all right yeah um, so they're, they just finished up at a bar and they want to go out to a haunt, which I guess is what you call a haunted house in certain parts of the country. Is that right? I think that's like what they're called, like in the biz. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, yeah, I had no idea. That's, that's the first time I heard that. I guess. Yeah. It makes sense. Or a haunted I, attraction. Yeah. Yeah. So they go to the, the, the haunt. Um, <laughs> So uh, they find uh, this one haunt randomly while they're like driving on the road. That just this like random light pops up and says haunted house this way. So they go there. There's like a clown at the door uh, who looks like this is like I, I thought this is like one of the first scary masks that we see. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty creepy dude. Um, and basically they sign a waiver and they agree to some rules like no cell phones. They hand over their cell phones and I think there's a rule where like you can't attack the people in there, etc. Pretty standard stuff. Um, so then they're given a key and they go into this haunted house uh, and we see some like standard scares like a skeleton and stuff like that. Uh, I think the first weird thing that we see uh, is um, someone behind a glass getting tortured by someone in a mask. And I, th- I think this is interesting because, you know, you're walking through a haunted house and you just assume that's like one of the attractions there, which is for the most part what they assumed. Um, did you think that was clever at all? You know, I thought that was kind of cool, actually. Like, yeah. I liked this 
I liked the haunted attraction part of the. I mean, the whole thing takes place in the haunted attraction, but I liked the way it was set up. Like, I know every room was pretty creepy. Yeah, yeah. Towards the beginning half of the movie, then it got kind of weird. But yeah, if you had walked <laughs> into a haunted house and there was a glass wall, and then behind that, a masked character dragged somebody out because he's just like dragging a bag. Yeah. And then they reveal it's a woman, and he like, doesn't he like? Do they actually see him, like, hit her with something, or do the lights cut out right before he makes contact? I can't remember. I think the lights do cut out right as, like, uh, I thought, like, they have, like, a branding iron or something, or, like, a a hot stick, and, like, right before it touches her face, like, the lights cut. Oh, you know what? I think we do see it touch her face, and she's screaming. Oh, okay, okay. And she's, like, calling to them, like, like, begging them for help, but they're just, like, watching it like it's entertainment or something. Yeah. Which, uh, I mean, if that was the first room of a haunted house, I would... I would poop and pee. Yeah, I know. I kept thinking that, too. Like, this is an amazing haunted house. I'd, I'd love to go to something like this. Yeah. Um, so then the group gets split up into two. Uh, so there are, like, six of them, and now they're in three and three. And some have to walk through these spider webs, which actually had real spiders. Um, nothing comes of that, but uh, kind of scary-looking spiders. Um, then they find themselves crawling through this ventilation system, and one of the group goes missing. Meanwhile, the other three are kind of walking around, sticking their hands in these holes to try to feel like fake body parts, like eyeballs, brains, etc. Pretty standard stuff. But then one of them, while they have their hands in like this dark place, uh, they pull it out, and it's been their hands been all cut up by a, like a razor blade or something, and they're just like cut marks. Uh, so that's uh, so. I, I think by now, like realize like things are getting a little bit uh, fucked up. I guess. Yeah, this is when shit gets real. Yeah. So then they all regroup, uh, and they, they're behind the glass again, and they see the masked person come out with the body bag. And this time, it's their one friend who went missing, and they see the person uh, in the mask basically murder uh, their friend. Um, so they're all panicking. They realize they got to get out of there. They've got one friend who's injured. And is this the, where she tells the backstory with the one line that you're talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're just, like, sitting up against with their backs against the wall, kind of, like, gathering themselves. And what I think she says, I used to live in a haunted house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just her talking about her abusive dad. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think, and I think that's like the crux of this movie is they're trying to show that Harper grew up in like an abusive household, and this haunted house is kind of like a metaphor for like what she grew up in, maybe. Um, yep. In her like conquering her fears or something. Yeah. So they're really right. 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 And this boyfriend is an extension of her abusive past and. Yeah, <laughs> pretty. It weak. never really goes anywhere. Yeah, yeah, kind of like sli- yeah. That, I, I feel like they try to like bake it all in into that like two minute dialogue. Right, and her boyfriend. It's alluded that her boyfriend has been following her this whole time. Yeah, right. And they're right. kind of playing it up like, is he gonna like come in and rescue th- her, or is he somehow behind all this? Yeah, it's kind of mysterious because I think we assume he was like following them in the beginning. And, uh, but, but then, yeah, you're right. We're not, we're not sure. And so, yeah, there's this feeling that the boyfriend's going to show up at some time. Yeah. Um, so then, uh, now, so they're all kind of panicked. They've just seen their friend die behind a a glass. Um, so, uh, one of them, uh, oh yeah, sorry. So, so now, uh, one of them meets one of the workers who works there and that worker who's wearing a mask, uh, introduces himself as Mitch and says he'll help them help them get out, and tells them that their friend is actually okay and is just waiting outside for them. Uh, but Mitch turns out to mislead them, and he ends up separating the group even more. 
and he kills one guy outside with a hammer, and I think he rips his face off at that point, right? Yeah, with the uh, other end of the hammer. Yeah, pretty gross stuff. And he shows him his uh, face unmasked, right? Uh, well, did, does he? Does he? Because I, I don't remember what his face looked like. I think so, because they were at first like, we need to know your last name, like, show yeah. us your face, because they're like, are you, like, fucking with us, or can we trust you to help us? And he wouldn't show them his face, he wouldn't give his last name. Right. And then he was like, you still want to see my face? I remember he kept saying that. What did his face look like when he showed it to them? Oh, to you don't remember this? Uh, I don't remember that part, no. This was like a, a crux of the, well, it seemed like, I guess I can't blame you because it never really went anywhere, <laughs> but it was like this whole group of people like had body modifications. They had like changed their faces so that they looked like true horrifying masks. Yeah, I remember seeing real. I remember seeing the other guys' faces. I don't remember Mitch's face though, if that was his name, Mitch, but it was pretty it messed was, up. He, his face was creepiest of all, I think. Oh, shit. I'll have to go back and watch that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's one thing they did really cool. Yeah, between the masks and then like the act, their actual faces, pretty scary stuff. Yeah, and so that scene felt like a a, a big reveal because you're always kind of wondering like, okay, what's going on with this haunted house? What's the reason behind these people doing this? Yeah, is it is it all real? Is the boyfriend behind it? And then you see their face, and you're like, okay, we're about to get a reveal and insight on who these people are. Oh, <laughs> no, <Nope>. yeah, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's I, now that you say this, it sounds kind of familiar. I feel like their faces almost made them look like they were uh, not human, maybe like some kind of demonic creatures. Did you get that feeling at all? I just thought that they were this weird cult who was into body modification. And it, yeah. that kind of was confirmed for me later because they run into this other guy who works there that seems like he's kind of a low-level dude. Yeah, and he gives them like... He has a normal face, and he's like, they told me if I just went along with it, I would get my face. Yeah, yeah. There's a big uh, emphasis on faces here. It's, it's, it's weird. But yeah, it's never really yeah. explained. Yeah, you don't know like what, what this cult... I'm calling them a cult. They're never, they're never called a cult, but it's like, what is this group of people about? Yeah, yeah, that's never explained. Um, but yeah, th this guy rips off someone's face, and then uh, I guess his face was pretty messed up. Uh, meanwhile, the rest of the friends, uh, one guy is kind of like running around uh, in the haunted house. He's one split up from the group. One girl is stabbed by this guy in a demon mask, who then is chasing the main character, Harper, around. Um, Harper, meanwhile, is running through the haunted house, and each room is rigged uh, pretty dangerously. There's like one room with a bunch of knives and blades that are like triggered to like kill her, and she steps on a knife at one point, which is very similar to a quiet place, right? Uh, yeah, I guess any I guess anytime anyone steps on something sharp, you've got to think about a quiet place. Did you step yeah. on a knife or a nail? You mean? Oh, sorry, yeah, stepped on a nail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's a lot of it's kind of torture porny, like especially the second half. Like, yeah, it's like puzzles, kind of like saw, like step on the wrong thing and you'll get shot or yeah, like booby traps will come down. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's kind of like a combination of like a, a, a an escape room, uh, booby traps, saw, torture porn, all, all that stuff going on. But she's still like on her feet, kind of running from everything, which I, I I kind of appreciated that she still had that agency and wasn't like strapped up somewhere. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That separates it from some other torture porn type stuff. Yeah. Um, she ends up in this room that's a lot like her childhood room that we saw in flashbacks, which is where she like saw uh, her father abusing her mother. And she has to like, find this key in the room, and she finds it, and using the key, she stabs the demon dude who's been chasing her. 
and she opens this lock, which triggers a shotgun to like shoot at her. And I'm pretty sure she got shot, but I feel like she brushed it off. Is that? Yeah, she got shot in the shoulder. Oh, okay. I guess if you get shot in the NBD. shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By a it's shotgun. In there. That's true. You can just brush that off. Yeah. Um, but then she finally it's manages one of to. Those days. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, she manages to kill that demon with that shotgun, and then uh, there another monster comes for her, a monster in a mask, which she kills, but it turns out that was actually the other friend that she lost in the trapdoors, and she had been handcuffed and taped and put under this mask, so that was unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. yeah that one hurt. Yeah. So, uh, so she runs back into the last surviving dude, Nathan. Uh, they kill a few more workers and manage to escape, and at, while this was going on, the boyfriend randomly... Uh, gets a ping from her cell phone that uh, Nathan triggers. Uh, Nathan's one of the dudes that, that is in her group. And he shows up to the haunted house and is, like, killed immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, what the, what the hell was that whole storyline? Yeah, they're building up this whole, like, abuse background story and this boyfriend, and you don't know what, and then he just dies as soon as he enters the haunted <laughs> yeah, house. And later they just come across his dead body and her Harper yeah. kind of gives a look like, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's my ex-boyfriend. He's, yeah, I know. <laughs> he's dead now. Yeah, character development. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was weird. Um, yeah, that just really, really went nowhere. Yeah, yeah, a dead end. It was poor, poor writing from these dudes who I think did some incredible writing on A Quiet Place. I know, I know. That's, a, that's the most disappointing part of this. Um, so then uh, one of the staff at the haunted house, we see them burn down the haunted house while these two are escaping. Uh, they kill a few more people. As, as Brian mentioned, one of the people they run into is like this new guy who's like, oh, I didn't know what was going on here. This is all messed up. I was supposed to get a face or something. Um, but then he gets killed too. Uh, so the movie ends with them escaping the haunted house after you know killing everyone um, except one clown, which the movie ends where uh, that clown shows up at her parents' house and uh, comes there to kill her, but she's in there, and she basically ends up getting revenge and killing him instead. Um, and he ends up at her parents' house, because they, they kind of foreshadow that at some point, because they're like, they've got all our addresses and like emergency contact information, because they had to fill out these forms. Oh, yeah, on those waivers. the haunted house, yeah. Right, right. And so somehow so, she like predicted that he was going to show up there. Yeah, so she had, she was prepared. She was... Kevin McAllister on his ass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, uh, so yeah. It sounds like you had some issues with the the writing here. I did. Um, yeah, basically everything we stated before, like the the backstory was half assed. It didn't really turn into anything uh, concrete or like have any place really in Harper's like resolution. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also felt like just the uh, kind of like the, I don't know what you'd call it, like the dramatic structure, like the anticipation, like it's all building. It felt like it was building to this reveal on these people who, once they take their masks off, are just weirdos with body modifications. But then that changes nothing. It yeah. didn't change anything about the movie. So the like beginning, first half of the movie was just like, these intricate and terrifying rooms of this haunted house. And then once you get the reveal on the masks, that's what it remains. Like, okay, yeah. here's some more rooms of the haunted house. Exactly. Yeah. And it was just like, okay. Like, and I actually legit thought some of the rooms of the haunted house and some of the setups and scenes were pretty t- 
scary and I was tense. Yeah. But then it just got monotonous and kind of wore out its welcome at that point. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the film was strongest uh, on the costumes of Max and, the, and then, yeah, some of those rooms, like, they're really interesting and smartly made. Um, on So on, on those uh, two points, though, so uh, one on the character development, uh, yeah, I, I agree it was, like, forced and, like, thrown in and almost kind of felt out of place. I wonder, though, like, would you have preferred either uh, no backstory or to, like, way more backstory or, or, like, betterly incorporated backstory? I think that just... The backstory as is would have been fine, but just like a little less heavy handed on some aspects of it. Like I used to live in a haunted house, like (laughs) scratch that line. Yeah. And then like follow through with his boyfriend. Like he's got to mean something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, You know, I think these are, uh, this is a a, a way. uh, So, so yeah, you mentioned backstory isn't that great. And then uh, to like, yeah, we never hear about like what was going on with the masks. And when I think about A Quiet Place, you kind of had those two similar elements. Like, we never knew where those aliens or monsters showed up from. Uh, We didn't know, like, uh, you know, what all went down and how these guys actually survived. And then even with, like, the aliens and monsters, we never really find out, like, why they're there, um, who they are, et cetera. So it's, like, what do you think the main difference is, like, why that is passable in uh, A Quiet Place? But in here, it seems like more of an issue. Yeah, that's a great question, and I can like hear myself sounding like a hypocrite because I know in other episodes I'm like, you don't need to explain things. Sometimes it's scarier when you don't. And yeah, you don't know right. Why something's happening? Mm-hmm. But I think it was the pacing and the time of the movie when that happened. Like it felt like it was supposed to mean something. Yeah, know? yeah. Like if it was just happened that like, oh, not only are these dudes like creepy and killing people, but they're into this weird body mod shit. Like, mm-hmm. cool. But yeah. that felt like it was supposed to be part of the plot. Yeah, and um, the whole the whole thing about, like, you want to see your face, it felt like they are trying to, like, bury, like, some kind of symbolism or metaphor in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, I guess that's why it bothered me. Yeah. Because it, just because of the way it was presented in the movie. Like, it, I think it would have been cool, and the body mod faces were pretty creepy, especially Mitch's. You should go back and look at that. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I think it was just yeah, where it happened in the movie. It felt like it should have meant something. Yeah, I think you're right. It, it didn't feel organic. It felt very forced, and it was, like, laid on, like, heavily, like, in, in like, three- or five-minute increment periods. And, and, yeah, you had that whole boyfriend story, which really doesn't really pan out too much. So I almost feel like the movie would have done better without it. And, like, there's elements of this which is kind of slashery. And, you know, I think about movies like Terrifier, which didn't have much backstory but still worked because you're bought into the characters. I, th- I think there's right. a way you can do that without having to, like, throw in, like, unnecessary flashbacks. Yeah, and I I think also, like, Harper's story was a little bit scattered, too, because you have, like, a love interest in the mix, yeah. too, with this group of kids. Yeah. Um, and is it the two of them? That, did they both survive or does he end up dying? No, I think they both survive. They both make it to the hospital at the end. Right. So, like, I think you could have... It doesn't necessarily need to be, like, all about her backstory. Like, you could have had some character development involved with this love interest character, too. Yeah, um, that's true. But that that was missed. So it, it was just, like, there were a couple opportunities, a couple attempts, which I do appreciate. Like I said, like, I do want character development and or background, but mm-hmm. they just, they, they didn't really commit or see one thing through Yeah, with Harper. Yeah, you're right. I, I would have liked to see that too, better uh, dynamics between the characters that we had on screen versus, yeah, wasting time building some kind of lame backstory. Yeah. 
Yeah, man. What about you? I feel like I've been I've been talking about it too much. What What did you like? What did you dislike? Did Did that kind of stuff stick out to you on the first watch or on the on your watch? <laughs> yeah, it felt very forced, uh, unorganic. Uh, so yeah, I, I completely agree. Like I, I either would have liked it without the backstory and focused on present day and their relationships, or a better like integration of that story where it's not like her having to say that like cliche line, and it's more just right. kind of a like a subtext. Um, yeah. And then they kind of botched that, which is really surprising that that they messed that up so bad. But yeah. like overall, uh, I yeah, I, I love the same things. Like the haunted house is really cool. Costumes are great. The masks were awesome. Uh, costume design, you know, all of that was great. Yeah, I thought even production value wasn't bad at all. What, what did you think? Yeah, I thought so too. I like I thought production value was pretty high, um, and yep. the acting was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, for a bunch of like rookies, I guess it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, did you feel like this was a scary movie? Yeah, I thought it was like pretty tense, and I, I like that I didn't rely too much on uh, jump scares. A lot of times, like a, a character would just show up and like would just be like a creepy mass dude like standing there. Um, did you feel like it was a lot of jump scares? No, no, I, I don't think it was as heavy on the jump scares. They just really they did a good job of building tension because yeah, you walk in a room and you're like, it's kind of like how you feel in a haunted house. Like, right. What's gonna happen? Like yeah, you were more afraid of a jump scare than than there were actual jump scares. Like, yeah. the one room, I think the room where he initially finds Mitch is just like a bunch of dummies in uh, a row with, like, cloths over them, and you don't know which one could be a person. Yeah, I love that room. I wonder why you don't... I, like, I haven't seen a room like that at a haunted house. That's that's a really great idea. There really should be, and it's kind of like one of the oldest tricks in the book in horror movies. I know, I can't remember if we've talked about it or if I've tweeted about it, but, like, if you go into an attic in a horror movie, like, there oh. has to be, like, one of those sewing dummies or like you know those dummies from like the waist up yeah yeah right like you're obligated to have one of those with like some sort of cloth draped over it yeah yeah it's kind of like a trope i'm trying to think of another horror movie that did that i know batman begins has that uh at one point (laughs) but um yeah that's really cool uh yeah I, i like that a lot i think the curse of la llorona had that oh yeah you're right they were up in the attic mm-hmm maybe krampus Probably. Basically, literally any horror movie that has an attic. <laughs> yeah, this was that body. Yeah, that dummy up there, something with a blanket over it. Yep. Uh, yeah, it, and then and then like it had like some of your standard like uh, haunted house characters, like the guy with the chainsaw, or some dude uh, just like yeah walking around in a creepy mask or something. So it yeah. felt there were parts of it that felt pretty realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, just the overall atmosphere, like the cinematography was good, production design was good. Yeah. It was a quality movie. It just it had some flaws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, so, how many arms slitting up razors would you give this one? Or razors slitting up arms would you give this one? <laughs> it's a super arm. Yeah. Um. Oh man, I don't know. I can't decide between a two and a half and a three. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go three. Yeah, it was legit scary. So like the first half of it, I was like pretty into it but then it just kind of fell apart for me yeah yeah i think i'd agree with you uh it, i i thought like it was kind of fun too until like it got kind of heavy but uh yeah it was, it was, it was a decent watch yeah yeah it just it wore out his welcome a little bit yeah i agree all right so two threes two threes all right i've made a i've made it a thing that i'm going to start keeping track of our ratings now oh cool. on that all right we, we can always go back and listen to the recordings right <laughs> That's what I've been doing. I've been listening to our like the last five minutes of our recordings on double speed to try to add it to our spreadsheet. Oh, nice, nice, nice. I think last year we gave horror movies on average uh, 
like between a two and a three or something. <laughs> we were we were like solid three. So like we oh. we like horror movies. Okay, that's good. It's official. <laughs> but yeah, for our year end wrap up episode, I wanna I wanna be able to do that again this year. Yeah, yeah, that's what was interesting. Uh, awesome. Well, yeah. Anything else about Haunt? Nope. That's it. All right. Cool. Well, uh, that's it for our discussion on Haunt. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That's going to help other people find our episode, and we always appreciate the love. If you want to join the discussion, you can find our social link on horrormovieclub.com, or you can shoot us an email at podcast at horrormovieclub.com. We're going to be announcing next week's movie on Facebook and Twitter in case you want to watch it before the next episode. We also have a Discord server where we're chatting up with other listeners and fellow horror fans, so you can find that link on our website. Uh, you can also uh, hook, up, hook up with us on our Patreon page uh, in case you want to shoot some change our way. That's at patreon.com slash horrormovieclub. Our logo is by Amy Mae Popart, so check her out on etsy.com. And until next time, if you're looking to go out to Haunted House, make sure it has at least more than one Yelp review. <laughs>